Today's podcast is brought to you by the newest sponsor of the Hail to the District podcast, and that's Wildberries Bakery and Cafe, located in beautiful Frederick, Maryland, just about 30 minutes north of the district. Now, guys, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. If you want to do something nice for your wife or your significant other, or you need a surefire way to get out of the doghouse, skip the cliched flowers, the crappy little present that she's never going to use or wear, and give her what women truly love, and that's dessert. Wildberries has an incredible variety of gourmet desserts made in-house by the professional pastry chef who owns the bakery. You can choose from French pastries, handmade chocolate truffles, fresh homestyle cookies, a whole mess of cheesecakes and pies, and some of the very best cakes in the entire Washington, D.C. area. And for the chocolate lovers out there, I strongly recommend the bacon chocolate truffles or the triple chocolate pie. You will lose your damn mind. So make a trip up there, and I promise you it's so worth it, and tell the chef that you heard about Wildberries from the Hail to the District podcast and receive 10% off your next order of $10 or more. For more information, visit www.wildberriesbakery.com. That's www.wildberries.com bakery.com or you can even give them a call at 301-620-7695 for more information welcome to the hail to the district podcast with your host rajan nanavati welcome to another edition of the hail to the district podcast i'm rajan nanavati and i'm happily rejoined by my friends neil and john to give our long overdue thoughts on the nba free agency period I thought we'd talk a little Kevin Durant and then make fun of Neil for the dumb things that the Chicago Bulls have done and the dumb things that Derrick Rose has recently said. But before we get into all that fun stuff, we'll begin with the NBA landscape-altering move of Kevin Durant surprising maybe everyone, but at least a lot of people, and signing with the Golden State Warriors. And guys, I don't think we've actually had the formal conversation about this, so I'll open up the floor to you. Kevin Durant, Golden State, deliver your closing remarks before the season starts and the real shit show begins uh less than 73 wins well that's easy to say there's no they've already they've been there done that they don't need to try and achieve that again and they worked too hard to get it it, that it wore them out yeah but i don't do you think they cross 70 no i think they get to like 68 ish i agree Definitely yeah. over 65. If my over-under was 65, I'm betting over. Um, yeah, I think it starts to get tricky if the, when the over-under, you're starting like the 64, 65 range. That's when I start feeling trepidation. But other than that, uh, yeah, I think 63, 64 wins is pretty much a lock. Yeah, I mean, I was disappointed that, that Durant left Oklahoma City because I thought that uh, he would have a very good chance of winning a championship next year. And that would give, you know, hope to all the small market teams that maybe just maybe if you catch lightning in a bottle, you have a chance at winning uh, a championship. But those uh, dreams have now been shattered because literally Oklahoma City was the best case scenario for a small market team to get lucky in the draft and build an incredible young core to compete. And then it all just kind of fell apart the second they traded James Harden and everything else that happened. But isn't that what Golden State did effectively? But they're not a small market. I think Golden. Yeah, they kind, they kind of live next to that city called San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, but they 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 weren't like raking in. Historically, the money. they have not been. But it's not the same. It's not the same. Like, it's they're not Milwaukee or Minnesota or. I I don't even think I don't even think Oklahoma City is Milwaukee. Like Milwaukee is a step up from Oklahoma right. City. You're, I think Oklahoma City is firmly in the Topeka, Kansas, and Boise, Idaho tier of the world. So I, I agree with everything you said. I think it was disappointing from a purely basketball standpoint from the perspective of, yes, it's um, it was really tough to see him leave. It's tough to see that at the end of the day, capitalism wins all and the stronger only gets stronger or the strong only gets stronger and the weak only get weaker. And yeah, any team be it Milwaukee, be it Golden State, be uh, not Golden State, be it Oklahoma City, be it Sacramento, or not that they'll ever be good under Vivek, but be it a team like that, you just know that if you've got some transcendent superstar, unless you hold him hostage, like Boogie Cousins, you know he's going to walk. You know he's gone. It's just a matter of time before they go to one of the mar- the big market, big name type of teams. And that's, I think, Kevin Durant, who we all thought was pretty much one of the most loyal, you know, selfless type of players, even seeing him you know, succumb to the allure of another city and the opportunity to win a title alongside 
a team that just won 74, 73 games. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. He probably liked their style of basketball. He, I mean, no, it, it not probably. Totally he did. It absolutely fits like him, and like there's there's it's gonna be really interesting because they're not gonna mesh, at like right away, and it, this is really gonna test Kerr's coaching ability, I think. Like I think. I, you know, people have talked about that, and I think that's that's a uh, that's one storyline that for at least the three to four months, and I think it was Zach Lowe touched on it when he was talking to Howard Beck in the podcast right after the Kevin Durant uh, signing. It's like, you know, they're not. This isn't NBA 2K17 or what what have you. Like, there is going to be an adjustment period, and I think one of the big questions that I had is that is there enough basketball for all four of them to like really be satisfied yes and i know there's been like the stories of like you know is draymond green going to take a back seat and what is steph curry going to do and i feel like the way their system is constructed and i don't feel like you know durant is necessarily a lebron james type of player and that he needs to have the ball in his hands all the time but then even then it's not like you just add durant's 27 points a game cleanly to everybody else i think there's going to be some give and take and most specifically like how do they divvy up that those shares? I mean, the the shots, the minutes, the, the just all of it, it's, and make it work before they turn into the quote unquote super team. It's pretty simple. In the regular season, they're just going to cut guys' minutes down and keep them rested for the postseason because that's what really matters. And then the, the advantage that they have is they can have two superstars on the court at all times. All times. Which, yep. when some people, so when other teams put in their you know second units, they're just blowing teams out and so they'll they'll run away with games like straight away in the second quarter when you know when other teams are resting their starters and they're coming out you know guns blazing so the great irony is that if they put kevin durant on the bench they're still employing a team that won 73 games last year just putting that out yeah exactly so i mean they're just gonna they have the potential to just obliterate teams in the regular season and that's why like the regular season just won't matter uh, I mean, when when you're when you're a fan of like a young team or something, and you you want to watch them play and stuff, but it's like, do they really have a chance at all? No, like, no, of course not. So, I don't know. It definitely sucks from a competitive standpoint, as you guys were saying earlier. What but really we saw sucks. Miami. We saw my. We saw the Cheat lose their first year against Dallas, which nobody thought would happen. And then you just saw a crazy performance out of them. So, but this is a better team. It's a much better team. Much better. It's four stars, not three stars, and four stars that fit together as opposed to two stars that played the same damn position. Because Dwayne and Dwayne and Wade both, or Dwayne and Wade, <laughs> Dwayne Wade and LeBron James both need the ball at the same time. And until they, until Dwayne Wade figured out, oh yeah, LeBron James is better than me, maybe I should give him the ball. That's when things clicked for them. Whereas here, Durant can just. He can just he can start out the season just playing the Harrison Barnes role and sitting in the corner hitting threes and playing good defense. Yeah, I think Durant is could almost be a on steroids version or another copycat but better version of Clay Thompson on the court, basically. Yep. Like a third splash brother, if you will. Like it, it, that's the skill set he plays. And as I was saying, he is not someone to your point about. LeBron and Wade, like he doesn't need to have the ball at his times. The offense doesn't need to flow through him. I mean, shit, he's just been through how many years of Russell Westbrook, so he's used to not having the ball in his hands, in or you know, time. having in crunch time at any time, or watching someone else huck up a bunch of shots. Isn't he also not... gonna love the open looks? Yeah, that's yeah. what's gonna be amazing. Is I mean, does Curry Curry will have more open looks now because of this? Is he gonna break his three point record? Maybe not because there's not no. enough shots, but there's just not enough. They're shots. gonna play like thirty minutes a game. But the, he he like was sitting out so many fourth quarters anyway. They sat out so many fourth quarters because of blowouts. Although in fairness, if they sit out a bunch of fourth quarters this time, I don't know what's left on that bench for them to actually play. Anderson, it's probably Parajal. gonna be. Yeah, it's gonna, like I said, Yumi and Dupree. That's all that's left. They've got. They've got a couple. They they had a good draft actually. They got a couple. Oh, don't forget Zaza. Don't hate Zaza's back there too. He signed for nothing. He's there. Yeah. So Patrick and McCall. David West. David West is there too. Yep. That's Sean right. Livingston, West did take Andre Iguodala, Kevin Looney, who they drafted last year, who a lot of people had the Wizards potentially taking at nineteen or whenever they were supposed to take, and then this year they got Patrick McCall, who's like a point guard who actually looked good in summer league, and then they got another big guy. Uh, Damian Jones from Vanderbilt, who can 
who's seven foot and can probably, you know, run down a court and grab a few rebounds. So th- th- their depth isn't as bad as you think. Yeah, I mean, didn't they renounce James Michael McAdoo? I thought they did, but ESPN showing him on their roster. But I could have sworn yeah, they renounced. He, re- he resigned. He did. Okay. Looks like he resigned. Yeah. So again, God, a guy that gave their second postseason their, minutes. Their second team is actually not bad. As ridiculous that is to say. I mean, the lineup that they're going to start in the second is easily going to beat like at least five other teams in the league's it's first a, five. It's a top five easily. lineup. Yeah. Their their second team, yeah, their second quarter lineup is a top five in the NBA. It's insane. So a couple of points from what John was touching on in terms of the uh, comparing them to the Heat. In terms of the way they're going to be approached, like this season, like last year, they were already like rock stars coming into town. They were bigger than I can't even make a musical comparison right Beatles. now coming into town and the Beatles is an overused cliche. I'm trying to think of someone else. I'm trying to think of Adele, but that's awful. So that's, you know, uh, Taylor Swift. Ooh, there you go. There's a modern reference. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (sighs) Pour one out. RIP to her career. When Kanye West kills you, you know, things are bad. Um, so are, is it going to be even more? And the question I think that's interesting, given the whole Durant quote unquote villain angle are they going to get booed? How can you or, call Zoran a villain? Like he's I, so. I, I'm likeable. not saying I agree with it, but just from the you know the storylines, hot takes. I don't think he gets booed in most cities, but does he get booed in Oklahoma? I think he has. I think it's it'll gonna be happen. mixed. Not I, that he I should. think it'll be mixed. It's going to be mixed. Does he get booed in Washington? No. No. Washington but doesn't. He... Won't care. There. It'll be filled with Golden State fans, man. True, because you want to know what? All the Wizards fans are going to be selling their tickets for two hundred plus dollars. Wait, there no, are Wizards there's fans be a... besides you guys. There's, as there's I said be... in the last podcast, there's a thousand of us. That's it. And the spread whole... out nah, across there's... the country, right? There's going to be a bunch of hot dogs from PG County that are still going to root for him. That's about it, right? And then a bunch of, as you said, five minutes of Golden State fans. But who doesn't want to see them play? It's showtime. They yeah. are. They're going to be Showtime again. It's it's right? no, it's better. It's Team USA. It's it's the ninety two <laughs> Team, Team USA. USA just clowning the other. Uh, it's countries. either you want to look at Team USA or the Western Conference All Stars. Like it's just it's it's unfair. It's really really like it's incredible when you just sit and look at it. And this is really unprecedented. Like this is bigger than the Heatles or the Heat or the Cheat or whatever the fuck you want to call them. Like this is bigger than that. You know when you already have. Three of you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not going to call Clay Thompson a top twelve or top thirteen player, but top twenty players. And then you add Kevin Durant, who by all accounts is a top not by all accounts by all top, realities top is a top three. five player. Yeah, I mean at worst he's a top five player at worst. And you add that it's just I think the question of how are they going to be able to um, mesh? And I think one of the interesting ways to look at it is like. If you watch the documentary of the Dream Team, and I'm not calling them the 92 Dream Team because nobody is the 92 Dream Team, but when you watch the documentary of the Dream Team, and they were kind of stumbling early on out of the gate, I can't remember who made the comment. I think it was Magic. And they were saying it was like a lot of them were like almost too passive. Like they didn't want to step on anyone's toes. Right. And they were almost overpassing yep. and kind of like, and like figuring they're like, is it your shot? Is it my shot? Is it your turn? Should I take over here? Like, who's the guy right now? And I feel like there's going to be that transition period with them too, because yeah, the three with Steph Clay and, and Draymond kind of had it together, but now they're all going to be like, all right, do we got to help Durant out? Do we got to pass him the ball? Do we got to make sure he's involved? And like Durant doing the same thing. Like, do I got to fit in and blah, blah, blah. And all that stuff. And like, I think there's that transition period, which you've been saying. Um, I think once they figure it out, once the light switch goes on, heaven help everyone else. Yep. But who's announced last in the lineups? Zaza. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Last. Yeah, that's sorry, easy. First. <laughs> who's announced first? No, last. It's got to be. It's got to oh, be Steph. Yeah, it's got to be, be Steph. Yeah. He's yeah. a reigning MVP. Two back to back, two time MVP. A hometown guy. I mean, not sure, hometown, but a home drafting, homegrown guy. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's still got to be it. But the, the 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 whole funny part about this is this never could have happened in any other NBA season except for this season when the cap jumped so high. And I don't think there's like everyone kept saying, well, oh, the cap's going to jump even higher as we were talking about on the last not. podcast. No, it's not. And I really do feel like as the cap jumps, maybe the cap jumps become a little less 
lucrative. I do feel like, as we were saying in the last podcast, a lot of the teams are going to be looking at these contracts, not mentioning names, Jan Mahinmi, of being like, what the fuck did we do? Like, why did we go blow our Alan load? Crab. Because we had the money. Alan, Alan Crabb. That that's one a great was one. ridiculous. Oh, my God. That was probably one of the more egregious ones. What's the, other, the Miami Heat re-signed? Was it Tyler T- Johnson? Tyler Johnson. He was right up there, too. It was pretty disgusting. Like when you're paying this much money to these guys, I think we're going to be having a lot of like the Joe Johnson, Allen, um, Allen Houston type contracts where like, what did we do? Are we going to get I mean, another the Grizzles are going to say, the Grizzles the are gonna say that like three years from now? Yeah. Yep. With Mike Conley. Yeah. $30 million. Well, plus um, Chandler Parsons, who can't stay healthy. Yeah, he got a Never been nine, healthy. $94 million, right? Yeah, they, they gave him ridiculous money. They're making baseball player money, more than baseball player money, as we're talking about the last podcast. By the way, did you see this? And this is completely off topic, but while we're on the topic of baseball players, did you see that there's rumors that that Bryce Harper is going to be asking for over seven hundred million dollars in his next contract? I mean, what? why not? Might as How well many, try. That, what, Might as it, well try. Is Worst it a, a twenty-year no. contract? No, it's like a twelve or thirteen-year contract. And they, and Scott Boris initially was was throwing out like, well, or like some people were speculating that it could be north of forget five hundred. It's over north of like seven hundred. It's some stupid number like that. Like well, the sad part is the Yankees will give it to him. So I think they would. Yep. There's such dire straits right now that I think they may do that. Anyway, I was just I was reading about that. I'm like, that's it's more than it's more than the GDP of some entire nation. But how is the how is the sport generating that much revenue that they can afford this? TV. I don't know. They play the average... 162 games. I mean, there's just a fuck ton of them, and they probably have really good TV deals. Yeah, their TV deals are pretty good because the, the what they're finding now is you know live sports are the only thing of value on TV because everybody just DVRs shit or watches exactly. watches it on the internet. Whereas live TV, you don't want to miss it. I don't know how long that gravy train is going to last because I was reading something a, a couple of weeks ago and they, they did whatever methodology they use for research in this. They said that the average age of the viewers of the of the Major League Baseball All-Star game 45. was about four, was over 45. It was like 49, somewhere in like 49 to 52 range, i.e. baby boomers basically. Right. Well, what kids nowadays really play baseball? They're, they're playing soccer and they're playing basketball. Stupid soccer. Yeah, I mean, little league is still a thing. It's just nobody's watching like pro baseball because it's boring as hell. Yeah. Anyway, back on track Basketball's to this. But thank God, yeah, I'm tired of talking yeah. about. Baseball. That's like my baseball quota for the year. <laughs> Jeez. Um. So we'll segue into now that we're done with now that Oklahoma City proverbially and probably literally are done. Or are they? The, what is the future of Russell Westbrook? If you're I think Bill Simmons was talking about this in his podcast. It was one of them in the last couple. I can't even remember which one it was, where he was like, he was laying out the scenario that, okay, if you're Oklahoma City right now, you present you present to Kevin, Kevin Durant, to Russell Westbrook, and you're like, okay, I will re-up you. I will give you all the monies now. And based off what Russell Westbrook does, you kind of make your next decision there. Because if Russell Westbrook basically says, look, I'm going to test the market next year, you basically know that's a big fuck you and he's leaving. Yeah, you trade his ass. Right, so do you trade him? Do you have that cloud lingering over him? Otherwise, as you said, you run the risk of having uh, James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Russell Westbrook all gone, and Serge Ibaka, and mainly Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook going away for nothing. Two of the top five players yeah. in the NBA. No, you can't let top that six, happen. Top six, at least. You have if he's not going to resign, you have to trade him. Uh, the the other rumor is is that they're chasing Blake because he's an Oklahoma native. Somebody published an article the other day. It was one of those awful link bait type articles, yeah. but somebody was saying that it was that um, that Jalil Okafor. No, sorry, that was for Boston. But anyway, the Jalil Okafor was still on the table. Otherwise, Boston is still searching for someone. In that article, they mentioned Jalil Okafor and, and Russell Westbrook as being the top contenders for going to Boston. But it was some garbage clickbait article. But point being, Boston, I don't think it works. I don't think – well, anybody that's going to trade for Russ is going to have to have a commitment that he would resign. Otherwise, they're not going to um, they're not going to gouge their, their team to get him and – that's why I don't I don't see the Boston deal going through because I, I don't think he's going to want to play there. He's going to the Lakers. I mean, this that's, is true. Yeah, that's like the best thing for him. And then they'll end up getting Kevin Love because Cleveland's going to be done with Kevin Love after next year anyway. 
So it's that this is like the Lakers' dream at the moment. It's totally going to work well, for, for them. the Lakers, though. It's do you wait it out and just sign them, and right, or do you say, all right, here's D'Angelo Russell and somebody else, Julius Randle. I, I don't. I say you do that. I mean, I think OKC is going to be desperate, especially if they behind the scenes try to re up Westbrook because if they don't announce something by season's beginning, like then he basically didn't resign. I'm sure right. they're having these discussions now. They have to be. If they're not, it's terrible, terrible management. If I'm Sam Presti and Oakland, and I I know per the conversation that Russell Westbrook is going to test the market, I would go straight to L.A. and be like, give me D'Angelo Russell, Brandon Ingram, the second overall pick in this year's draft, and a future one or like a future right to pick swap or something like that um, for Russell Westbrook straight up. I would go as cheap as D'Angelo Russell and Brandon Ingram because it's like, okay, you've got two number two picks in the draft. Whatever and you are giving D'Angelo Russell a change of scenery, a really athletic team. You're adding two guys who do have a proficiency in scoring, which basically nobody else in Oklahoma City does right now outside of Westbrook, who you'd be losing. You'd be resetting that roster with two solid pieces and then whatever else you you're probably gonna be a lottery team this year anyway. And with with LA, you're adding Russell Westbrook to a team that's basically got Jordan Clarkson, Julius Randle, and the gross contract of Timofey. It's something. A problem is I don't think they'd have enough assets to go get someone like Kevin Love, and Kevin Love's not going to be a free agent anytime soon. But then it's Russell Westbrook's t- team. He can go and huck up 50 shots a game and give everyone the stink eye. But they would have potentially cap room still for next season. Yeah, the cap should go up to like 100. What did they project? 102. Oh, 102. 102. Yeah. It was supposed yeah. to be 107, and then they dropped it to 102. But who, who, the, who knows? It could go back up to one, 107. Yeah, that was the initial projection. Think shit could change with all the money happening things. I don't know. I still think he's in LA. It's too I think OKC is just done and then I think Presti sells the team at some point <laughs> or whoever owns it. I think they they just sell it. Clay Bennett. Yeah. And he's what they move like, him back to this. Seattle? We lost three great guys. No, they'll just sell ownership or something. Like ownership will just get out. Right. And, and then know. they'll move the team. The fans of OKC are just... I don't know that LA is going to have the cap room to make it because we forgot they gave this amazing context to Timo Tim Fey and my favorite player in the world, Luol Dung. Luol. Oh, they have they have room. $64 million contract. the players are on uh, relatively cheap contracts. So. I wouldn't be surprised if yeah. the Lakers also be like, hey, why don't you take Dang too? You guys just lost a decent forward, right? So here, you can have some, some Luol. But they're paying forty forty three million dollars. They're paying fifty million dollars this year to Dung, Mozgov, Jordan Clarkson, and Jose Calderon. Fifty million dollars to those four players. Yep. Somebody's got to pay them. <laughs> no, no one has to pay. No, Luol nobody Dang. wants to pay. No one Jose has Calderon. to pay. I'm sorry. Come on, I would take Dang over Calderon any day. Come on now, and Mozgov even. Well, you had Jose Calderon. You traded him. Yeah, I know. Thank God. Calderon, the Calderon era is over officially. I don't know. He's, I feel like he still has upside. He's only 34. <laughs> <laughs> Might get a second wind. Yeah, speaking no. of 34 year olds. Let's not remind me about that. No, I'm talking about Dwayne Wade. No, oh, I wasn't talking. I thought you were talking about us because I was going to say that's that's just not right. Well, that's also depressing. <laughs> uh, speaking of Dwayne Wade, Chicago did dumb things recently, and that was kind of entertaining. Yeah. So let's yeah. talk more about that. We went. Uh, you know, the whole goal was to go young and athletic. So we <laughs> <And> you did <laughs> a marvelous did the exact job. Opposite. With that. Like what the? Fuck? You know, no. Rayshon Rondo is young and athletic. No, no, it's not two thousand seven. We also nope. pull in two guys that, like, the fan base legitimately hates. Yep. We legitimately hate Rajon Rondo. Like, what fan base doesn't outside of Boston? But Yeah, Boston still loves him. Yeah, yeah. Any Boston fan will tell you they love him, just like any Bulls fan will say they love Noah. But, I mean, and and we, we, we brought in two guys that we hate and two guys that hate each other. Right. right? I mean, uh, the second that Dwayne Wade signed— I immediately post the stupid pick of him dislocating Rondo's elbow. There's going to be a fight. There's going to be multiple fights this season within the locker room, and Jimmy Butler is going to be involved in all of them. Well, the best part is they hired Fred Hoiberg to run a pace and space offense, 
And instead of getting him shooters, they got him Dwayne Wade and Rajon Rondo. They got him the worst shooting backcourt <laughs> in the league. <laughs> like there are not I don't think you can find two guys that are the are worst jump shooters. Nope. It's oh my god. As soon as you put Rondo there, no way. Yeah, I mean you couple him with anybody, you have the worst shooting backcourt in the league. It's abysmal. And then even I mean, Jimmy Butler's a decent jump shooter. No, he's but... not a very he's not. He that's he shouldn't be like doing that i'm still trying to figure out where his offense is really going to be because he's the only pe- person on that team that'll play defense he's the only starter that we have yours that play. you mean nikolai miritich won't play defense oh taj gibson will we have taj but he's also old yeah he is getting old yeah he's like 30 now mm. uh, to borrow from the movie ricky bobby your your Team Blueprint and your team roster right now go together like Chinese food and chocolate pudding. <laughs> we don't have a blueprint. This is like the, you know, th- this is Gar Paxdorf throwing in the we are the worst front office in the league. They like, make this is their... look fucking good. They do. They do. Oh, I, it's really bad. So they, they so I could I could officially say that I think Orlando and Chicago have worse front offices than Washington. <laughs> Uh, I can't disagree with you. And the problem so but the thing is like they're they're doing it from not a basketball perspective but filling the seats and they want to be able right. to at least make the team somewhat marketable. And the That's... problem is like once they got rid of Noah and Rose, uh I was telling John this earlier, it's like okay, we have no expectations for our team. There should be no expectations once you get rid of Roa and uh Rose and Noah. And now suddenly you sign these two big names who are pieces of garbage and paying them big bucks and now there are expectations. And right. I don't I don't even want any expectations for this team because I know I'm gonna just be disappointed. But I have expectations now. This is really unfortunate. This sucks. Chicago's this... in the same like seat as Washington where you're fighting for that sixth, seventh, and eighth seed. So two things. This is why I am a you know, ride or die Sam Hinkie apologist because it's like at least Sam Hinkie came and said, we are going to suck. We're going to make no apologies about sucking. We are going to suck harder than anyone else's suck. And we're going to be really awesome at sucking. They're gonna- right. They're not going to they're not going to run on the, per- the treadmill of mediocrity, as we said a 100 times. Like they're not going to play this game of like we're going to suck, but we're not really not going to suck. Like we're going to suck just a little bit. We're going to suck, but we're going to be just good enough to where we sue ourselves and we don't get any good lottery picks. And then we're going to kind of just play in that wheelhouse for a long time, make our owner happy that we get two playoff games every year which we're going to get trounced in but then you know we get that little bit of extra income so he's happy and then our fans are happy because we're flirting with the idea of the eighth or seventh seed but we're not good enough yet so no one has expectations like it's it's the shit or get off the pot mentality like either suck and build it the right way or be good and go for that next level but Zach Lowe was talking about it in a, in a column he wrote recently. He was saying Chicago, as much as any team, is very proud of the fact that they have made the playoffs for some consecutive number of seasons, obviously until this last season. Or um, they, they, they really like to market. They're like, we had a playoff streak. We had this long-term playoff streak. So what they decided was is exactly it's like a schizophrenic, bipolar type of mentality where they're saying, okay, we're not going to blow a bunch of money on guys who are not good. Or, like, blow a bunch of long-term deals. So you blew a bunch of short-term deals on guys who are not good. And you were saying, but then you're like, oh, well, we got Rondo and we got Wade, so we're going to be kind of good. So we're setting ourselves up for flexibility in two years or a year or whatever whenever people are free agents. But who the fuck's going to want to come there? Because you're just going to have an empty roster once, you know, Rondo and Wade are in the retirement home. Carlos Boozer-type player who we're going to overpay and who is garbage. That's who's going to come. So, and then yeah. on top of that, they were like, oh, and then they were hoping that Wade and Rondo will assume a little more leadership and take some of that responsibility or burden away from Jimmy Butler. Because those are the players I want assuming leadership on my team that I'm trying to build for the future right now. And do you really not- think Jimmy's going to like relinquish the leadership role that he actually like, you know, developed last year and that actually pissed off Noah and Rose? No way. No way. He's going to be the... The uh, Al, he's gonna try really hard to be the alpha dog, and it's really just gonna be it, it's gonna be comical, man. It's just gonna be a funny, funny thing. Well, did you hear the podcast with Simmons and, and Jimmy Butler? And, and Simmons kept poking him about Dwayne Wade, and he said, You're on Dwayne Wade's corner. You got the Chicago thing, and you got the Marquette thing, 
and he doesn't like that. And Jimmy just kind of like kind of blew it off. He didn't really respond, but you could tell that they're not they're not on the same page. They're not they're buddies. Not no, and what is what position is Jimmy like? Jimmy's gonna move to small forward. Like, yep. Dwayne, I mean, that's I don't know, man. This is that's good. not the right move. No, this is terrible. So, and, and what happens when basically four guys cover Dwayne uh, cover Jimmy Butler and say, "All right, everybody else shoot it." Right. Your the worst part is that the best shooter on your starting five is going to be Nikolai Mirotic, and you know he's not a good shooter either. No, As, he's so streaky; it's unfortunate. He is. I had him on. I had him on fantasy, and I just you know, really he just hope, did not come through. I hope that Bobby Portis is like continues to develop well, see, because see. I love that kid. All right, and Denzel, like the summer league. I mean, I'm like, okay, it's summer league. It's it's like terrible, yeah, but they look terrible good. Players. But he had great court vision. So if they give you something, you but did... there's nobody on my team who plays defense. We've lost our identity. We've lost our defensive and rebounding identity. Coach. That, oh my God, we brought in a Hoiberg. They're setting you, him up to fail after you didn't out lose a your coach. coach. You pushed out your you push your coach out the door. Yeah, let's be clear. And and then you brought in a guy and you didn't give him the right assets to fit his system. Here's a point that, you... guard with two busted knees and a uh, injury-prone center who will rebound the ball once and then go down, and a bunch of guys who can't shoot. Have fun. Yeah. When you all you need is shooters. You know, I think it's a solid strategy though when you signed a bunch of guys like Dwayne Wade and Rondo so you can take away minutes from developmental guys like Jerry and Grant and Doug McDermott because nobody really cares about developing those guys into future starters and Tony Snell and, 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 and Bobby well, Snell's, Portis. Snell's a lost cause. He's done. He's he's had his chances. Um, he's he's is he, he's over. Like Is he just too high? There's no... <laughs> is he like the high guy in Goody Mob? I kind of think he is. He, he has no confidence. I mean, even under like... I think Thibs kind of ruined him a bit. But uh, Tibbs will do that. Yeah, I mean, but that's you got to have thick skin to play for Tibbs. It'll be really interesting to see him in Minnesota. Apparently, they love this Cristiano Felicio guy. He's not half bad, man. He's got a good touch around the rim. He 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 bangs pretty hard on the under the rim. But uh, I don't know. I think Hoiberg's gonna be like, oh, you can't shoot a three. Fuck off. But so after this summer, like, wouldn't you have at least had like some optimistic hope for the future? If they wouldn't have already, you know, just sandbagged themselves for this season, because like Bobby Portis is is good and Valentine could be good. And if they would have just played out the season and gotten a good draft pick, they could have gotten a really good player and set themselves up. We couldn't have got a lottery pick in what everyone considers one of the richest lotteries. So there's going to be what like all the lottery picks are going to be freshmen because like they're all there's just tons of studs coming out this year that are going to be one and doneers and you could have had one of them yeah we sure could have instead you're going to get the eighth seed no instead we have a 30, and, and get 30, swept by cleveland a 30 year old uh point guard and a 34 year old shooting guard the Dwayne wade to chicago thing just smells like like Shaq in cleveland or Shaq in boston where like it's just an old rundown player who everyone remembers from five years ago that was basically worthless and just trying to collect checks right like what is Wade really going to provide to that team? I mean, honestly, besides uh, besides someone to put on the ticket on sales. The, that's well, that's all. exactly it. Sales. He's a brand, right? I mean, yeah. now right? at this point, it's a brand. Like, oh, Wade is coming back to Chicago. He's the new the new son of Chicago coming, and it's like, I mean, no. Yeah, soft, but I mean, that would have like, been great if it was 2010. Any basketball fan will know this is a complete BS move. Like, marketing Dwayne Wade is like marketing the iPhone four. No, man, their kids would still love him. No, no, no. That the, he's very marketable. He's still very marketable. Right, but production-wise on the court, like, and he wasn't—he nope. was pretty good last year. Nobody looks at production on the court when it comes to marketing. That's the whole point of mar- marketing. Know, is but... all lying, man. It's all just like you know, hey, look, like my guy, and they'll show him like, you know, they'll show like highlights of him in a Heat jersey, and they'll probably like Photoshop him in a Bulls jersey doing that shit. Who cares? I mean, they're just gonna. They'll market the hell out of them. It's gonna be it's gonna be awful and spectacular at the same time. Yeah, no, it's yeah. gonna be a disaster of a season. <laughs> it's gonna be so much fun. God damn, I'm gonna end up watching yeah. the Knicks. Ugh. Oh, don't do that to yourself. I oh, the Knicks are gonna be hilarious to watch. What are they actually, gonna do? The, actually, the the Knicks are the next great super team. You have to remember the NBA. There are two super teams. There are the Golden State Warriors. 
And according to Derek Rose, there are the New York Knicks. And everyone, and I mean everyone, are talking about the New York Knicks and the Golden State Warriors in the same breath, nope. according to Derek Rose. No. Right. I'm... Um, and I quote, and I quote, hold on. With these teams right now, they're saying us and Golden State are the super teams. End quote. I just re- recited something he said verbatim. Where's he getting this from? Well, we know Derek Rose says stupid things. All right. The dude is not like the brightest bulb in the batch. He's, so uh, he's a bulb that doesn't turn on. Exactly. He's a dim. It's dim. <laughs> I mean, it just doesn't turn on. Now he can he can ball when he like has like knees, but circa 2011 so he's showing signs last year man i he's he's like close to my heart dude until he had like eye vision issues or whatever it was he got elbowed in the eye man yeah and then he couldn't like freaking see the basket i've never seen someone with such poor media acuity (laughs) as derrick rose i think derrick rose uh, derrick rose is more oblivious to reality than even Robert Griffin the third. That's what I was going to say. RG3. Like at least RG like at least Griffin was trying to be like a media savvy. It just backfired in his face. Like Derrick Rose is just dumb. Like it's just like don't say in this era of social media and hot takes and sound bites and you know taking things out of context, you're going to put yourself in the same sentence as a team that just won 73 wins? Yep, that's Derrick. I get irrational confidence. Take his own SATs. What do you expect from him? I expect him to shut up. (laughs) That's all I expect from him. Just say nothing. You're not obligated to say anything. You haven't been one of the 15 best players in your positions in three years. In your position. In your position. Just shut up. Like, just don't say anything. Just say, we have a ton to prove. We really don't have anything else. You're there. Yeah, no, I... I'm so forecasting that uh, at some point Carmelo Anthony, uh, Joakim Noah, and uh, Derrick Rose are going to collide and just vaporize into dust, and the whole like next season will be lost. Nah, Porzingis will save them all. No, Porzingis is just going to stand there with his hands up going, what happened? <laughs> yeah, Porzingis is going to be like, I'm open, you know, and everyone's going to be like, you know, shut the fuck up, white boy. Right? Because Derrick Rose, Derrick Rose... Uh, in, in, in his infinite wisdom, was touting the fact that he's been working on his mid-range long two. Oh, yes, because that's very oh, important in this God. day of the NBA. Right? It's like, And he's like, this is one of the key shots in the triangle. And I'm like, are you saying this out loud? Right? Like, Does he even know how many like sides are in a triangle? Ugh, no. Hurt me. At least six or seven sides Again, to his triangle. he didn't take his SATs. <laughs> he does not know the answer to this question. Oh, okay. God. Like, how many sound bites you heard Joe Kim Noah do so far? None. Right? Whatever Carmelo Anthony said outside of counting his own money and shouting cha-ching every time he shouts, you know, hucks up a, another bad jumper, like, he has he's said all the other right things so far. He hasn't been like, yeah, you know, they're saying us and Golden State are the super teams. No, no one is saying you and Golden State are the super teams. No, we're no saying, one is saying you're going to contend for a playoff spot. Content. What was his brother's name, Neil? Maybe it's Reggie. Reggie, Reggie Rose. Reggie right? Rose. Maybe Reggie is saying that you and Golden State are the super teams, but that's, that's not they. Yeah. That's just your dumb brother. So he should just preface it everything with Reggie says. Right. Oh my god. I just how can you like I think that Reggie, you're a super team? I when bet you... Reggie and Derek are the same person. <laughs> is that just his alter ego? It's it's the alter ego for saying even dumber it's things. It's his imaginary best friend that he's kept with him his whole life. Ugh. Is it kind of like the dollar bill and kid bro sweets to Clinton Portis? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and all the other characters he had. Southeast Jerome. Sheriff going change. <laughs> yeah, I hope I hope Mello is getting ragged on uh, in Team USA at the moment just because of what Derek Rose just said. And I hope Jimmy's like being like, yep, that's who you're playing with now. Right. He's going to say stupid things. I hope Durant's just hitting buckets in his face. Oh, yeah, he's going to do that regardless. Just just killing him. <laughs> super team. Look, here's like three of the three of the four guys on the super team are here. <laughs> so like Draymond blocks every shot Carmelo takes and then Clay and Durant specifically switch onto Carmelo so they can just get get shots in his face. Yeah, it's like Jordan and Pippen when uh, they played Croatia against Kukoc. Kukoc. 
Oh they just, man, they, they just, just buried him. Bury they just him. buried him. <laughs> they literally broke his will and and crippled him as a professional athlete forever. Yeah, that's what I loved about Jordan. He's ruthless, ruthless. That was really one of the most underrated documentaries. That was the best sports documentary I've ever seen. Yeah. Did you put it? We were talking about that this. That's the Bo couple, Jackson couple of, one. I love the Bo Jackson one. Did you see the full 30 for 30 for OJ Simpson? All five episodes? No. Oh, you've got to. You've got to. Like, that's that's, that's going to. And the, probably my other favorite 30 for 30 was the, the Fab Five. Yeah, the Fab Five one was pretty solid. Remind you how old we are. Um, I had a couple. I had a men- note to mention Pat Riley and Dwayne Wade. Um, I mean, I don't really care. Yeah, I don't but care. Pat, that was a business you know, move. Business move. I mean, I think it was. I think it was actually like everyone's like, "Oh, Pat Riley is pretending to be devastated that you know Dwayne is. Wade didn't sign there." But did you want to be handcuffed to Wade for another, you know, fifty million dollars over the next two years, or sixty million, or however much it was? Nope. The bull sure did. <clears throat> No, it, yeah. he literally he pushed him out through neglect uh, intentionally because it was a beneficial for the team to not have him. He's like, look, why would I pay you this much money when you're probably only going to play like half a season legitimately? Like how many games is Wade going to play for the Bulls next next season? What's your number? Mine it's is like mine, actually gonna- mine is uh, uh, 42. I was going to go 35. Whoa. I was going to say 50. Yeah, I think he's going to just, he's probably just going to phone it in after the All-Star break, if, yeah. if not if not any sooner. You mean like, yeah, oh, he'll I'm miss tired. it. He'll have a few nights off after, yeah, maybe 50 is right. Maybe the 35 is a little too conservative. But he'll, he'll play 30 games until the All-Star break and then 20 games after that once the Bulls are solidly in the 300 range in terms of a you know winning percentage. No, they'll be higher than that. They'll they'll be around forty wins. Will they? No, see, you have expectations. See, this is unfortunate. Like, why do you have expectations? Like, this, they they they're going to lose so many games because they're just inept. They're terribly no. coached, and they don't have a roster that fits any scheme. Any scheme. What scheme would this fit with this roster? Seriously, I mean, if you your your starting lineup is Rondo, Wade, Gibson, slash Miritich. Lopez and Jimmy Butler, like, eh. like you have two and a half. Well, how many good games? Players, so how many games? Two and three quarters. How many games did Indiana win last year when all they had was Paul George? Is any player on this roster? Is Jimmy Butler's not Paul George? Jimmy Butler's a very nice player, but Jimmy Butler's not Paul he's, George. But he's close. I don't think he's close. He's and pretty I don't, close. Not, I don't think Jimmy. And Dwayne Wade is still a very, star. very serviceable player. He's not the superstar people like. Serviceable what? Applesauce and Matlock? He had a very good season last year. He was also in South Beach. I'd be happy in South Beach, too. Imagine how happy he's going to be in Chicago with Rajon Rondo in the winter. See, that's the part that doesn't mix. (laughs) If they had, like, any other point guard in the world. If they just had, like, Darren Williams, you know, they'd be better off. I would love him because he would get Hoiberg fired. (laughs) <laughs> actually rondo might do that too rondo might just choke him find out i can't even imagine the level of stink guy that rondo is going to give fred hoiberg when hoiberg says like hey rondo do this and, and, and the rondo is going to give him the most lethal eat shit and die look you can ever possibly think of and it's just going to work out so beautifully like you can't think of any more disgruntled pissed off who the fuck do you think you are? I, you might be the coach, but you don't own me type of player this side of Boogie Cousins. In, in, That's in exactly Rondo. who I was going to say. <laughs> right? It's, it's Rondo and Boogie Cousins, which is a, it's a damn travesty that the two of them are no longer on the same team. But uh, And you put Fred Hoiberg, who may be one of the most you know, overmatched, borderline spineless coaches. He's kind of like the Norv Turner of NBA coaches. He just hasn't had a shot, man. So, but yeah. Smart guy, not a head coach. No. Stick at college, maybe be a nice assistant coach somewhere. Be an assistant coach. He actually probably would have been a great assistant coach to uh, Thibs. Yeah, exactly. He is, as 
to use a football simile, he is an is a great coordinator, lousy head coach. Yep. Happens all the time. Happens all the time. I want Norv Turner coaching my offense. He damn sure is not head coaching my team. Nope. Wade Phillips, shitty head coach, great offense, defensive coordinator. Anyway. Sigh. Yeah. I don't have high hopes for this team. So basically the whole, like, regular season, because everybody knows that the, the, the foregone collusion is, you know, Cleveland and Golden State. So the rest of the regular season, we're just going to watch the comedy of errors of uh, <laughs> Chicago and New York. Is that what we have to look forward to? Pretty much. Well, there's also Washington. Well, that's the sad part, because... I do want to see, like, well, like, during, like, the slump, you know that's going to happen, because every team goes through a slump, except Golden State last year, except during the playoffs. But the, um, when they hit slump time, I'm really, I'm still very curious as to what's going to happen with Wall and his, like, just pissed off attitude about him not getting paid at the right time. Because really, I just... Washington should have done, like, I wish I was there for the last podcast. I'm sorry I missed it. But, like, the Wizards, they should have just stepped up and been like, we're going to re-up you two right now. We're going to re-up. That would have made the most sense in the world. It, it would have. And they just decided to sign Jan Mahimi and Jason Smith and then some other scrubs. It's like, what are you doing? Like, if this is your franchise guy, you re-up him now. Now. Yeah, those other moves were the opposite of making sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, they sh- they should have just punted. Washington, either as I said, either they're gonna they're gonna compete for the sixth, seventh, or eighth seed, or they're gonna just be a freaking shit show. And then you're wondering, then you're just praying that they don't do something stupid, like which you uh, know they will, like like trade uh, Gortat when they really should be keeping him because he's better than the freaking center that you just signed. So, we were talking about this a little bit in the last podcast. You have the eight from last season. You have the top eight in the East. It's in order, Cleveland, Toronto, Miami, Atlanta, Boston, Charlotte, Indiana, Detroit. So of those eight, I think it's realistic to expect Miami and Atlanta to drop out. of the top, At least not maybe drop out, but drop down rather far into the top eight. They're not going to be three and four. Uh, you know, Miami's Hassan Whiteside, and that's it, basically. Yeah. I mean, Justice Winslow and a few pieces here and there. Atlanta, they signed Dwight Howard. Enough said. Like that, that's, that's, that's enough for me, They're done. right? Yeah. You're done. Uh, if that's the guy you're hitching your wagon to that, you know, you might as well just set the wagon on fire at this point. Cause that, that, that's just not going to work. Boston's obviously going to jump up. Charlotte kept the band together. We all believe Indiana's probably going to be as good, if better. not better. They're going to be Detroit better. better. Yeah. Detroit is going to be at least the same, if not better. See? And then as sad as this is to say, I think New York, at least this season is going to claim one of the playoff spots. I agree. I think they'll be a top eight team. I don't think they'll be much past that. Uh, and they won't definitely be that in two years from now, but at least for the time being, they're going to maybe slip into the six or seven seed and get the doors blown off them by, like, Cleveland or Toronto, um, Boston. Uh, so I think that basically puts Washington fighting for the eighth seed. I don't think Chicago's anywhere near it. Um, but, yeah, it, you have the Wizards once again scratching towards that eighth seed, which they fell three games short of last year, and they're going to be like, oh, we're, we're contending for the playoffs. God knows what would happen if they actually got into the playoffs. They would have their two free home games, and Leonsis would make a little bit of money, and then he would pat his lapdog, Ernie Grunfeld, for getting him that money, and then post some positive pixels about making the playoffs, and then that's where we'll be three years from now. And then three years from now, when John Wall's a free agent, he's going to say, fuck you and your positive pixels, I'm out. Yeah, that's what scares me. Terrifies me. The the, the only hope, the only... so there's. So now I have two lines of hope. The last podcast, my only hope was Kelly Oubre turns into Paul George, which eh, maybe could happen. Good and luck now, with that. Now, now the other hope is that that I'm going to bring out is that the team actually was markedly better with Markeith than they were. They were so they were five games below 500 without Markeith, and they were five games above 500 with Markeith and their defensive rating went up and the rebounding rating went way up with him. So maybe having him for a full season gives them, puts them back in that 45, 48 win range that gets them a playoff spot. Did you suddenly forget the fact that we signed Jan Mahinmi and Jason Smith and guys of that ilk to, so to these large deals? You guys have preventing. Hey, I, Thomas I, Sadoransky, man. That's oh, the real deal. You, you, you mean the white Sean Livingston? And not the deal. not the good Sean 
Not, not the Golden State Sean Livingston. You mean the, the white that was Sean in Washington that we let go? Right, the white Sean Livingston that we're going to sign after we pass on the black Sean Livingston. Yeah. Yep. Oh no, the Bulls will throw him lots of money. Don't worry. Uh, is that you could do a lot better? I mean, a lot worse than throwing a lot of money at Sean Livingston. I, I would do that at this point, but then I wouldn't even count on the Bulls because that would make relatively intelligent sense for them to do that. No, we have two point. We we have Denzel and we have Jerry and Grant that should be developed. Uh, it's if we did that, I'd be like. I'd... So were you going to develop them this year with Rondo or next year? Oh with no, Rondo? no, no, no. Just that's, that's not going to happen. I mean, we're we're already screwing ourselves, but. If we do, if we sign Sean Livingston net, like again, like later when Rondo's gone, then it's like, what are you doing? Like, so. I mean, I'm just saying, Dwayne Wade hogging the ball and getting injured is going to be really great for Denzel's development. Well, if Dwayne gets injured, there's more minutes for Denzel. Let's do it. When? Because he will. <laughs> Denzel was a good pick. See, that's the yep. thing. Bobby Portis, good pick. Denzel, good pick. Jimmy Butler, great Jimmy, pick. They're making good picks. So why wouldn't you say, screw it, I'm going to have confidence in myself of making a good pick next year in a lottery that's loaded? Because draft picks don't sell seats unless it's a top two. You're in Chicago. You're going to sell seats regardless. I know, but the fear is that we'll lose our sellouts, our attendance record. Oh, who gives a shit? Reins- you already blew your playoff streak, so. Reinsdorf does. Oh. Piece of shit. Yep. Idiots. All right, on that note, we'll go ahead and wrap up today's podcast now that everyone is sufficiently sad and depressed. Uh, and We depress euphoric. a lot of people after our Wizards podcast, so we might as well am, depress you know the Bulls fans and the rest of the NBA that is not rooting for Cleveland and Golden State. Yeah, yeah, basically. So thank you very much for listening. For those of you who still haven't done so, shame on you. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes, follow us on SoundCloud, and tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your mom's friends, tell anyone else who might care or doesn't even care about our podcast. Spread the word, leave us feedback if you love it or hate it. And until next time, oh, and be sure to keep an eye out because football season, a.k.a. my favorite time of the year, is coming soon. So we'll thankfully finally have some content in the podcast form coming up for that, along with some cool NFL stuff over the the next month. So be sure you check out www.hail to hail to the district.com for more stuff to come until then goodbye thank you for listening to the hail to the district podcast be sure to subscribe to us on itunes or wherever you download your podcasts